Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And so Lisa, it's my turn. <laughs> today, I hope it's all about me. It is. So <laughs> so we're doing, you know, I, I have to call it a few of our favorite things. And shocking, for those of you who don't know us, we don't really have a lot in common <laughs> except core philosophies and we're really good friends. Um, but we happen to both like co-teaching and inclusion. So I'm going to ask you, uh, similar to some discussions we had with me, about your favorite tip related My to My favorite co-teaching co tips. Well, I will tell you, everything I know about co-teaching I learned on the job. Uh -huh. And I, I first, my very first experience, you know, I was interviewing for a job. They, they wanted, they said we were co-teaching and I said, well, what's that? And they're like, oh, don't, don't know, but good luck. You guys are going to create it. And I'm like, what? They said, yeah, you guys just come in. You're going to get in there together and start teaching. And it sounded ridiculous to me. I was not necessarily of a mindset that co-teach, you know, as a model, you know, I didn't care about it. I actually liked being in my own little setting. I taught mm -hmm. kids with EBD, and I thought, oh, I'm going to keep them safe over here. And so I didn't actually want to co-teach. But once, you know, once I heard that there was this opportunity to go in there and collaborate, mm -hmm. I was working on my PhD at the time, and I thought, well, why not? I mean, i got to see this. Yeah. I just got to see what it looks like. It sounded like a train wreck. So immediately, I could see two things. And this is just, again, from experience, for me, because we had no direction, nothing, it was the hardest thing I ever did as a teacher to come into somebody else's room because, hey, I'm the boss, man. Yep. You know, yep. I come in and it's yep. your room. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what am I even supposed to do in here? And teacher to teacher, I was middle school, so I'm working with all these different personalities yep. and figuring people out and where do I stand and when do I talk? Yep. It was very <laughs> tricky. Uh, so that was one thing that, that I, 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 I lived right away. But the other thing I saw right away is that across the board, and again, I was responsible for the kids with EBD, but when you walked in to our classroom, you could not tell who were the kids with disabilities yeah. in our co-taught classroom. And so I could take those same kids, because I had one pull-out class of you know, social-emotional, yeah. yeah. and they were horrible. <laughs> you know, everybody's fighting, you know, <laughs> arguing. But, once they were in, you know, with their peers, yeah. they didn't necessarily exhibit those same behaviors. Side note, I'm not saying there were never any behaviors, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. but from the beginning, it was clear. So as I have advanced in my field, one of the things that I have tried to do is to give teachers the license to be experts at what they're truly experts mm -hmm. in. Because initially I thought, oh, I can't co-teach math because I don't know math. Yeah. I can't co-teach social studies. I don't know. So I intentionally did not major in <laughs> social studies for a reason. Right, right. or math. Yeah. So, you know, going in and being expected. So the very first thing that I learned to do was to create a pattern mm -hmm. based on my expertise. So that's right. my first tip. I always tell teams, listen, you don't have to both be good at the same thing. Right. Absolutely. The key is to figure out how to layer in what I'm good at with the things you're good at. So that at the end of the day, we have learning gains for everybody. Mm -hmm. And as you always say, we also feel good working <laughs> exactly. together. You know, so it has to feel better than 
all of it feels in some cases. So Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, I was the first in my building, but I had done my master's thesis on it, so I was pretty sure I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's always sure she knows what she's talking about so, or what it is. <laughs> so, but what was funny is nobody wanted me because of the kids I worked with. Yes. So, you know, again, it was that time of tension of saying, I want to be in there, and, and same thing. The kids magically, I think my favorite statement was when we went into a science class, the kids are like, all misbehaving in the science class. And my student said, uh, there's a new sheriff in town. You will not be acting like that anymore. And I was like, oh, well, good. But again, I think that's exactly what you said, is is how do you get into the room and get started? Yeah. And then the, the impact it makes, which yeah. is a great tip of having that schedule and routine. And so I, I developed you know a pattern that was very workable for me. And it's the one that I share with everyone. And I probably get the most feedback on, wow, at least that makes it doable. Yeah. So I am a, nobody was saying a new sheriff was coming because I'm not that person. But um, Well, you were co-teaching with my science person. That would be why. Like the best science teacher ever, but no behavior management. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, but I'm, I'm taller and louder. So I get, I get, I don't. So I am good at getting kids ready. I understand yeah. establishing anticipatory set and want, getting kids in a place where they're ready to hear yeah. something new. So I created a system where I was always the first one to talk every every class period. And and we established this before school even started. I said, this is your classroom and your name's on the on the on the board and on the door. So when we start, let me say hi. You know, I'm absolutely I'm Miss Hines. I'm thrilled to be in here, you know, this year with Miss Deeker. And together we're gonna be teaching math. Because just hearing me first sets the stage that I'm a teacher here. And I see so many classrooms. I have walked in co-taught classrooms where I'm observing and I'm like, okay, so which one is Mr. Hicks? And they're like, oh, he's that one. I said, okay, great. And, and what's what's his role? You know, the, oh, he's the helper. I'm like, what? I bet he does not know he's, he's perceived as that. Helper, yeah. You know, six months into the school year. Yeah, yeah. So it can't, you know, it can't be that. Absolutely. So so having a presence with immediacy, yeah. and I'm good at guided. You know, I'm good at guided practice, yep. and I'm good at, at closing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to know your math. I can listen to your lesson and create a quick closing statement. And I see a lot of classrooms, gen-ed classrooms, where we run out of time and we don't hit the closing. And we know that that closing quick review is critical. So I would always come in, I would do the anticipatory set. You always talk about having a sidebar. Some days it was literally me walking in the door and saying, Brian, what, <laughs> what are we doing today? Like, absolutely. And he's like, order of operations. I've got, you know, got a problem on the board for you to introduce. So I don't have to show them how to do it. I just have to say, hey, everybody, glad you're here. Let's get started. Let's get going. You know, Mr. Makovic is over there. He's taking attendance. He's doing all these other things. But I'm the one who's saying, let's get ready, get this out. Mm-hmm. Let's try this problem first. I'm going to set a timer for one minute. Yep. Let's see what you have. Absolutely. And so at least I'm getting them going, and I'm bringing some energy that he may or may not normally bring. Right. Now, when he comes in with his content and to go over the answer, I don't go over the answer, Lisa. I don't know how to work that problem. But I can get them ready to go. Now they're hearing a new voice. And hearing another voice reactivates them as learners. Yeah, absolutely. So now that he's coming in hard with his content, he's not doing all of that, he brings his content presentation. We set a pattern where he talks for approximately 10 minutes. And then I say, okay, quick, quick review. You know, raise your hand if you heard this. Yeah. Write down this. You know, and I do something, kind of a brain break, might be turn to your neighbor, mm-hmm. 
All Brian needs to know is here are your sequences of presenting and I'm going to layer in guided practice. I'm going to layer in quick brain breaks and they're going to come about every 10 minutes. And I know one of your ideas that you often suggest too is like a mini menu. Yes. Yes. Of, you know, here's some things I could offer that you might not be doing in the lesson in the first place, which yep. I love that idea. Yeah. A menu approach to co-planning, that is my biggest planning tip. I would write down for my colleagues, here's all the things I can do. Check which ones you want me to bring to your class. It's yeah, a great idea. Because that way, you know what I'm bringing. You know, another tip that we used, I never, I did not have time to co-plan content. Mm -hmm. So I did have some co-teachers who were plan advanced type of teachers and some that were. Work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like, if you give me your lesson plans, I'm going to highlight the part I can take the lead right. on. Right. No, that's a great tip. So Simple then yeah. it was like, I'm not trying to write your plan with right. you. Right. You just tell me this is what you're doing when. Mm -hmm. And if I have a different idea, maybe I think, okay, well, where you were going to ask this, I'm going to do, you know, I'll bring this. But I'll take care of that discussion part. I'll take care of this part. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to ask you a question there that often I get asked is, so now the speech therapist comes in for 30 minutes and the PT comes in for 15 minutes. How do you pivot in your highlight and your structure when those are predictable patterns, but they're somewhat unpredictable too. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because in, in, in what I just described, it sounds like I'm talking about a lecture style yeah, yeah. classroom. And you're not. And I'm not yeah. because the truth is those, those chunks of time, that's what I'm planning around. So it's like, okay, I know this person's coming at 1130. So I did kind of do the air traffic control. Okay. So I know this person's coming at this time. So Brian, this week, you know, this person's coming here. So let's do... You know, you're going to come in with your content presentation. I'll do the brain break. Then we'll break into stations mm -hmm. because some kids are going to need these support services. Sure. And Brian, you lead an extension station and I'm going to lead a review station. Perfect. And the support person can work with whoever they right. need to over here. But it doesn't look stigmatizing because we're all in stations. Yeah, and one of the things I'm really big on is to have an extra, like, a enrichment station. Absolutely. A remediation so that kids can do a repeat station. Yeah. Because I think often if the speech person is coming in and working on decoding, why can't the kids stay with them for all three rotations that really Absolutely. needs deep decoding Absolutely. work? Because, wow, we have this person for one time a week. So, right. Yeah. And the extension yeah. piece, I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because when I do observations of any classroom, whether it's COTA, whether it's, you know, single teacher, extension is the piece I, I see people missing. Co-teaching offers an opportunity to customize. Yes. Very and I'm not, I am just as concerned about the kids at the top Me too. as I am yes. the ones who are struggling. Yes. But I guarantee you I walk into classes all the time where it's the same three kids answering questions. And they, you know... They already knew the content coming in. Yeah. So if we have something planned for extension and we know somebody knows something, it's okay to say, okay, here's today's ex extension activity. Caveat, I encourage people to offer extension activities as a choice, but make them about two grade levels above mm -hmm. what you're at because there are kids who are gifted in some of these classrooms who can be working two grade levels above. And only one or two people are going to choose, oh, yeah, instead of writing a, another five-paragraph essay, sure, I'm going to write an article to submit to this online thing. Mm -hmm. Almost nobody's going to choose it, but a couple might. But a couple might. Yeah, and I'll, I'll close my tip just kind of aligned to that is I have this great teacher that she has a help station, which she goes to when kids are doing more discourse, yeah. and she has a go-to-college station. 
that if you get everything done and it's perfect, you get the chance to go do this stuff. But if you need help, you can't go. To I love college. it, and I love the, I love the language of <laughs> yes, it. Yeah. And the important thing is, anybody in the classroom right, can, can choose go to go to college. And, and you know, people often say, "Well, kids feel bad if they don't go to college." I'm like, "Well, no, because they say I'm not ready yet. I don't, don't want like to work. To that. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to work at that level for me." Mm -hmm. So anyway, but that's that's yeah. So well, we hope that was some great advice, some <laughs> great tips, Becky. Thanks for that structured routine. And if you have questions, please send us a tweet at Access Practical or uh, join our Facebook face at Practical Access.